You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. My Natural Hair is a podcast that shares all the information you're looking to learn about natural hair. The movement, the styles, growing your hair naturally and meeting other people, part of the natural hair culture and movement. My Natural Hair is hosted by LaDonna Sims and Markeisha St. Clair from Hair Goals 313. Collectively, LaDonna and Markeisha have over 25 years of experience doing natural hair. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Welcome back to Care Michigan's podcast. And we appreciate your listening uh, to our uh, our podcast that we have that normally comes out every week. And please make sure that you go to our website, uh, caremichigan.org, to keep up with our uh, affairs and cases that we are taking up as an organization. And please also uh, log on to DetroitIsDifferent.com, who are our gracious hosts, who host this podcast. Uh, podcast and also look at their programming and support them. Um, we have a special guest uh, with us this week at the Care Michigan podcast. Besides our staff attorney, Amy DeCore, we have with us uh, Sister Noor uh, Supani, who's an organizer with the campaign to take on hate that is based in Dearborn, Michigan. That is affiliated with uh, NEC, which is under the uh, well-known social services organization access that has been doing a lot of great work in Detroit and Dearborn for a number of decades. Assalamu alaikum. Um, without uh, any further ado, it's coming to the chase. We know that this past Sunday, uh, February 10th, uh, 2019, that a controversy, which really shouldn't have been a controversy, uh, brewed up in the media and also on the Hill. And uh, this controversy stems from a tweet that was written by Mr. Glenn Greenwald. Uh, Glenn Greenwald is a uh, progressive writer that writes a lot about issues relating to uh, national security uh, as well as civil liberties. And he had written something uh, based upon GOP leader Kevin uh, McCarthy going after uh, Ilhan Omar, a congresswoman in Minneapolis, as well as Rashida Tlaib, who's here from Detroit. Uh, going after them regarding their them being the only two people in Congress who are uh, overtly supporting uh, BDS, the Boycott, Divestment, and Sanction movement uh, that is targeting um, the Israeli government regarding their, uh, their uh, war crimes and their illegal occupation of Palestinian, and many also, and Syrian land as well. Many people forget about the illegal occupation of Julan or what's called the Golan Heights. Um, from that uh, tweet by Glenn Greenwald on Sunday night, then uh, Ilhan uh, Omar put a tweet over his tweet, uh, quote, it's all about the Benjamins baby, with some uh, musical notes. Uh, for those of you who uh, are not from my generation or don't know about uh, hip hop, All About the Benjamins is a song that came out in 1997 from uh musical producer uh, Puff Daddy, uh, his album Puff Daddy and the Family. And that was a song, uh, it's all about the Benjamins baby. Benjamin being Benjamin Franklin, uh, who's on the $100 bill. And from that, uh, Ilhan received uh, ferocious attacks, not just on uh, the right, but from so-called liberals, so-called progressive, including a Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who accused her of anti-Semitism. 
and then with that, uh, eventually, uh, Ilhan uh, Omar, who did that simple tweet, it's all about the Benjamin's baby, uh, was, um, we could say, forced to, uh, to apologize for that uh, tweet. So that's some of the background of what we're going to be talking about uh, today. But um, I'll start with you, Noor. What do you uh, make of this, uh, not just of this tweet that caused uh, a firestorm, but just the general uh, political environment that we have in America uh, now in relationship to even the slightest, um, the slightest criticism of the pro-occupation lobby can get you labeled anti-Semite. Yeah, I mean, just to start off with, I think that it's obviously very concerning that um, the second somebody says something that is at all critical towards the state of Israel and their policies towards Palestinians, the immediate tendency is to label it anti-Semitic because we know that that is um, a way to shut down conversation. Uh, you're a Semite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so there's there's very little nuance with um, what we mean by anti-Semitism, mm -hmm. you know, really honoring the, the, the history of what this term means and how it has been used um, in in this context. And so I think that's one thing is that uh, it was this was a clear case of and this happens all the time with criticism of Israel being conflated with anti-Semitism and that being a method to to not talk about what's actually happening in Israel, Palestine. But then the other thing I think that's really interesting about this uh, this situation specifically is I think it really reflects the fact that there's a big disconnect within the the kind of Democratic Party establishment um, and the grassroots of the party that are that that are clearly breaking with the tradition of you know a blanket support for Israeli policies in the state of Israel, um, and so I think this this really brought to light that the reaction from Democratic Party members was um, very much you know in line with the traditional pro-Israel stance, whereas the people actually were saying, no, this is not anti-Semitism. This is a legitimate criticism of the role of money in politics, and this is something we should be talking about. Well, what, what else confuses me about this, Nora and Amy, and uh, perhaps you can shed, or both of you can shed some more light on this, is that when she tweeted, it's all about the Benjamin's baby, is really, talking about APEC and APEC's influence. And what baffles me is that how can saying that be anti-Semitic when it's well known in political circles that uh, APEC, meaning the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee, is one of the three most powerful lobbies. Uh, they have an annual budget of $27 million. They have a multi-million dollar uh, endowment um, and it's really the job of lobbies to influence people on, on Congress. I mean, they're not spending that money uh, just for the fun of it. They're on Capitol Hill, and they're using that money to influence public opinion, um, uh, religious leaders, as well as people uh, in the political sphere uh, on the state and federal level towards being pro-Israel. So I don't understand how it's well known that besides the NRA, the APEC is, is, is the most powerful lobby uh, on the Hill. Uh, how could that simple fact uh, be considered anti-Semitic? Sure, I think going back to what Nora was saying is that calling something anti-Semitic has really been a way to shut down speech. And 
<clears throat> in line with what you're saying, there's many, many financial influences happening in our federal government, from the NRA to APAC and many other lobbyist groups. And you've seen really, especially... Planned Parenthood. We don't want to make it seem like it's just like a conservative thing. Liberal, too. Yeah, Planned Parenthood. But what, what we've seen in some more progressive um, areas is uh, people pushing back on money and politics. And there's been a large criticism of how much uh, lobbyist money has influenced political elections and policies on the Hill from criticism of Planned Parenthood, criticism of the NRA. However, when you criticize APEC, automatically it's considered anti-Semitism, and that sort of raises a double standard based on, and also, if you're looking at who's making the criticisms, the reaction to who's, who's making criticisms also creates a different rea- response to those criticisms. We know that there has been times in which Trump has criticized the amount of <clears throat> lobbyist money coming in and other Republican, like GOP congressmen who actually criticized APAC last year on, in a tweet. And nobody mentioned it, but Ilan Omar, who's a visibly Muslim woman, speaks out about the same money influencing politics. And all of a sudden, because of the optics of who Ilan Omar is, we are here having a conversation about whether or not criticism of money in politics can be anti-Semitic. And that in, its, in and of itself is problematic. Well, well, I, well, I think I also like to bring up, uh, and this is February, which is uh, Black History Month, and also for the listeners to know that uh, white folks didn't come up with Black History Month because February is the shortest month of the year. Actually, Dr. Karaji Woodson came up with Black History Week, which then came into Black History Month. I've heard some people, you know, uh, white America didn't give us uh, anything historically as African-American people as far as recognition. But if we look at the last three um, controversies in the uh, political sphere, social political sphere, they've all involved uh, African-Americans or black Americans that have been accused of anti-Semitism. You have Ilhan Omar's recent tweet, which she was called anti-Semitic. Then we had the issue of uh, professor Dr. Angela Davis, who actually was disinvited at first before then invited back uh, to uh, to give a speech. And this was at the uh, the Civil Rights Museum in Alabama, uh, which she originally comes from Alabama, by the way. And then you have um, our brother, uh, Mark Lamont Hill, uh, tenure professor at Temple University, who was let go of being an analyst at, at CNN uh, for speaking on behalf of um, of Palestinian rights at a, uh, a forum in the United Nations. Uh, and he was, he still hasn't gotten his job back as an analyst at CNN. And actually the uh, the university president of, of Temple um, literally tried to take away uh, uh, Professor Hill's tenure, right? It's unprecedented um, of, of what, of, you know, of what uh, he attempted to do at Temple University. So, you know, I, I'd like to see if you uh, have any thoughts on this, uh, Noor, but, um, you know, to me, uh, as an African-American, and maybe I'm being uh, a little overly sensitive, but besides uh, the Muslim thing, I think that black people are just an easy target in America to marginalize. And I think that by Ilhan Omar being a black woman, just like Professor Angela Davis, just like a brother Mark Lamont Hill being a black man, that they're even like lower hanging fruit on the tree for uh, for uh, for white Zionists and their acolytes to to go after uh, Ilhan. Yeah, I think I mean 
I think you said it perfectly, um, bringing up the point that the whether it's Ilhan Omar, Mark Lamont Hill, Angela Davis, these are we're seeing prominent black activists and thought leaders being targeted for their criticism of Israel. I think all I would add is that um, in in this context, it's not just that they, it's not just the black identity, but I think also the um, the fact that they are all black internationalists. They are, yes. These are people who are tying together domestic struggles, um, whether around the prison industrial con- um, the pres- prison industrial complex, uh, police brutality, um, immigration, with global struggles for freedom um, and liberation, including in Palestine and other places. And so these people have all been targeted. And I think it's not a stretch to say that we can connect this to the history of people like Malcolm X, like Martin Luther King Jr. Um, Mandela. Exactly. Uh, Pro targeting black internationalists, Mm -hmm. um, in this country. And so I think this is really just a continuation of that. Yeah, and that's a and that's a good um, thing to bring up about Black internationalists. And by the way, uh, February twenty first is the anniversary of the assassination of Detroit Red, also known as Malcolm X, who was gunned down in Audubon Theater uh, in Harlem, New York, on February twenty first, nineteen sixty five. And we also like to uh, lift up his name and may God uh, have mercy upon his soul forever and ever and ever. Um, so we're talking about this issue, and this is a long-standing issue, and, and Malcolm even talked about this. If you go into some of his old um, speeches, and I encourage people to go and look these up on YouTube, uh, where he, uh, he talked about the issue of political speech being silenced by individuals being called anti-Semites, which was then try to shut down any critique or any debate as far as uh, illegal occupation and mistreatment. Of, of of Palestinian land and for the Palestinian people, uh, but I think in the next part in these few minutes we have, I like to talk about solutions because it's really easy to talk about uh, problems, but we need to to be uh, solution oriented. What I was glad to see is that um, there were Jewish organizations uh, such as Jewish Voice for Peace actually who. Uh, their leaders put out statements and made public comments quoted in media such as Time Magazine and actually said no, what Ilhan uh, Omar said uh, in fact wasn't anti-Semitism and we as uh, white people in America who are Jews uh, don't uh, uh, agree nor support uh, APEC. Um, so that, that's, that's a good sign. But uh, you know, going forward, what, what do you suggest, uh, Amy and Noor? a way forward for uh, people who are concerned about uh, this issue and uh, free speech being um, stifled um, by people being mislabeled as being anti-Semitic. I think one of the most important things that that we have to do as a society is first figure out where we come together on our commonalities. There's a huge problem with money in general coming into politics and, and, and funding things on, on the Hill and so we, we need to understand that, that that is an issue. And then if we look at that as, as a singular issue, money, then looking at all of the contributing factors of that money coming into and uh, like onto the hill, then we can have like an actual conversation about the players. Who are those players that are producing so much money to, to have their policies put in place? So looking at the commonalities first and then going backing up from there to look at whether or not there is 
um, an issue with who is is bringing the money takes away the the personal nature and of of the the conflict. And I think that's always probably the best way. And as a constitutional law person, the most protected speech in America is political speech. And what Ellen engaged in is political speech. The criticism of money coming into politics is inherently political speech. So we have to, when we see things like this happening, we see people being silenced, we have to come together as as individuals and as groups and say we're not going to stand for, you know, political speech being silenced. Yeah, and I think that although uh, voting isn't the solution, but one of the issues that we see with the composition of the Supreme Court right now, which also uh, will uphold problematic rulings such as Citizens United, where corporations are treated like individuals and we have this large streaming of, of campaign donations behind uh, certain uh, geopolitical and corporate interests. Um, this, is, this is part of the importance of, of going out to vote and, and the president. It's not simply about executive orders or the makeup of the Congress. It's actually who is put on the bench who can perhaps undo some of these uh, these problematic um, rules or laws that have taken place that basically has allowed uh, free access, and and I really think that you know the you know APEC in particular should be registered as a foreign agent because they're 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 literally doing work on behalf of the Israeli government. They're they're not like though I have some serious problems with the NRA. Uh, the NRA is much different than APEC. Where really APEC is working in the direct interest and actually taking leaders on trips and junkets over to Israel where they're meeting directly with Israeli government officials. And I know, I, I, I know some people without calling them out, but right here in Detroit, I know some prominent black leaders who've been taking on APAC junkets, you know, and, and who, who, uh, who are part of the, um, forgive me for saying this, but I would consider part of the black bourgeoisie uh, here in the city of Detroit. So they really should be treated as a, for, as a foreign agent. Do you have any... Um, do you have any uh, comments on this, uh, Nora, regarding uh, solutions? Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is that I think we should recognize that this is actually a very encouraging moment that we're in. Um, yes. Even just a few years ago, it would not have been, um, you know, possible to even make these kinds of criticisms without completely being destroyed. And I think the fact that there are, uh, you know, significant segments of the population that are supporting Ilhan Omar and people like Ilhan Omar is a really positive sign. Um, I think in terms of moving forward, one thing is kind of what you mentioned about building these coalitions with uh, with progressive Jewish groups like Jewish Voices for Peace, if not now, um, that are that are actually looking internally within the Jewish community and saying that, you know, criticism of Israel is legitimate. And not only that, but there are mainstream Jewish organizations in the U.S. that are not only perpetuating occupation and human rights violations in Israel, but also perpetuating Islamophobia here in the U.S. and other forms of racism yes. and oppression. And so finding those groups and where those coalitions can be built, I think, is what is going to build power within our communities, which is ultimately what we need. And then the, the other point is um, Michelle Alexander, actually wrote a really stunning piece in the New York Times on uh, this past MLK Day 
Um, and I just want to quote one line of what she says about it, really the pieces about Israel-Palestine and, and what we should do moving forward. And she says, we need to speak with greater courage and conviction about injustices beyond our borders, particularly those that are funded by our own government and stand in solidarity with struggles for freedom and democracy. And so I think it really takes each of us to to speak like that and also support people who do go out there and, and um, speak and, and make sure that, you know, they're not alone. I would add on, and although we as a nonprofit organization cannot, um, you know, endorse uh, candidates or, you know, say don't vote for this candidate or vote for this candidate, uh, there are certain organizations that are doing work that I think that are worthy of, of support and people who are listening right now, I really suggest that you get plugged in to Jewish Voice for Peace and actually uh, support them, as well as American Muslims for Palestine, which is an organization within inside the Muslim community uh, who has an, an office um, in Washington, D.C., working on this. And I would say that if we as a community really care about the issue of Palestine, and especially Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, which is the third most holy um, place of worship uh, in Islam, that yes, we need to make dua, make prayers, and yes, we should be involved in organizing efforts, but uh, we should also put our money where our mouth is and support uh, grassroots organizations and organizations that are doing organizing and trying to organize, um, I mean, not just organizing people for, um, for actions, but also they're on the Hill doing some lobbying work uh, that those organizations are worthy of our support. With that, thank you, uh, Noor, for joining us. Uh, God willing, inshallah, we can have you uh, on again because there's other issues that can uh, be discussed. One of them is the nexus or the intersection between the pro-occupation lobby and Islamophobia. That's a very important issue we'll see well we could see in the islamophobia network that most of the biggest players are also pro uh, occupation zionists um, and we can go down the list from pamela geller to uh to robert spencer we can go down daniel pipes we can go down the list uh so with that uh, we thank you all for listening uh, again if you uh would please uh, go to our website caremichigan.org and check out our activities our upcoming banquet is on March 17th, uh, beginning at one o'clock. It will be at Burton Manor. Uh, our keynote speaker will be uh, Sheikh Omar Suleiman from Yaqeen Institute, and Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib will also be uh, speaking at that banquet. Inshallah, uh, for tickets, you can go on our website at caremichigan.org, and also please check out our partners at Detroit is Different. May God bless you and may he protect you and your family members. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network.